Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, warmer days remind us of fond summer memories. Now, you can make those moments year-round with a Michael Phelps swim spa by our friends at Master Spas, and that combines the leisure of a hot tub with the exercise benefits of a pool. Now, Master Spas technology is incredible with LED lighting, beautiful waterfalls, and those super powerful water jets installed in just one day. You're going to love it. Proudly made in America. Use the promo code Hannity in the upper right-hand corner. That's masterspas.com for up to $1,000 off. You can exercise, relax, recover with the only hot tub and swim spa brand I trust, masterspas.com. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. Good evening, fellow SAG-AFTRA members and everyone at home and everyone in airports that belong in my America. So this executive order was, was mean-spirited and un-American. I noticed uh, Chuck Schumer yesterday with fake tears. I'm going to ask him who is his acting coach because I know him very well. I don't see him as a crier. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. We burning down the night, shooting bullets at the moon, baby. This is how we Behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America.
Good evening, fellow SAG-AFTRA members and everyone at home and everyone in airports that belong in my America. You are a part of the fabric of who we are, and we love you and we welcome you. We also welcome you to the 23rd annual Screen Actors Guild Awards. To a less insane note, I'd like to say that I am a uh, very proud member of this union, and I'm thrilled to be here tonight, and I thank the Screen Actors Guild. Um, I, I want you all to know that I am the daughter of an immigrant. Um, my father fled religious persecution in Nazi-occupied France, and I'm an American patriot, and I love this country, and because I love this country, I am horrified by its blemishes. And this immigrant ban is a blemish and it is un-American. We 1983 Midwesters will repel bullies. We will shelter freaks and outcasts, those who have no home. We will get past the lies. We will hunt monsters. And when we are at a loss amidst the hypocrisy and the casual violence of certain individuals and institutions, we will, as per Chief Jim Hopper, punch some people in the face when they seek to destroy the least and the disenfranchised and the marginalized. And we will do it all with soul, with heart, and with joy. Our vision of America is directly antithetical to that of President Trump. specifically tonight reject his vision and affirm that America has to be better than that. It's going to be a joke. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm literally about to kill myself and I'm not kidding. You better fix this right now. I literally am going to die. I need an ambulance. By the way, the numbers are in. My Trump interview nearly beat the SAG Awards, for crying out loud, uh, which is hilarious on cable. Glad you're with us. The collective snowflake superstorm continues, and that's only one day. And then we've got Chucky Schumer melting down and crying. These people have are losing their collective minds, and the media is lying to you with fake news every single solitary day. Here's Chucky. And I named my daughter, her middle name is Emma, named for Emma Lazarus, the great poet who wrote those lines on the pedestal of the uh, Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe three, free. What breathe the rest? So... This executive order was, was mean-spirited and un-American. It was implemented in a way that created chaos and confusion across the country, and it will only serve to embolden and inspire those around the globe who will do us harm. It must be reversed immediately. Senate Democrats are going to introduce legislation to overturn this. 
and move it as quickly as we can. And I, as your senator from New York, will claw, scrap, and fight with every fiber of my being until these orders are overturned. Let me separate fact from fiction here. Let me separate truth from utter mass hysteria here and tell you exactly what has happened and exactly what is being reported is nothing but a bunch of lies to you that are spurred on by people that absolutely are clueless as to what has happened. You know, there are a lot of incidents, Chucky. I didn't see Chuck Schumer. You know, he's saying that we're emboldening and inspiring radical Islamists. Hey, Chuck, read the 9-11 Commission report. It said they are at war with us. We were not at war with them. Did you forget the Kobar Towers? Did you forget the embassy bombings in Kenya and Tanzania? Did you forget the USS Cole? Did you forget the first Trade Center bombing? Did you forget 9-11-2001? And since then, this is since uh, Obama's been president. Let's start, you know, since 9-11, L.A. shooting at an airport. Remember that? An Egyptian national. March of 2006, SUV attack, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, injuring pedestrians. Remember the, the, in Seattle, the Jewish Federation shooting. Remember that? Remember all the, these incidents of terror that have occurred on America? Fort Hood, Texas. Remember Army uh, Major Hassan, 44, open fire, military processing center, killing 13, wounding 32 others. Army Recruitment Office in Little Rock, Arkansas, or the Boston bombing that took place with the Sarnoff brothers, or the terrorist attack, one, three in Washington, one in New Jersey, when Ali Muhammad Brown gunned down uh, Leroy Henderson, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the hatchet attack in New York, do you remember that back in 2014? The Garland, Texas art exhibit shooting, remember that incident? The Islamic State, they claim responsibility for that. The Chattanooga, Tennessee, military facility shooting. Remember that? You remember the U.S. Uh, University of California Merced stabbings? Remember that one? Do you remember the San Bernardino, California shooting? Do you remember the Philly policeman shooting? Do you remember the Orlando Pulse nightclub shooting? Do you remember the Chelsea, New York, Seaside, New Jersey bombings? Do you remember the Minnesota mall stabbings? Do you remember the Ohio State University uh, incident with the Somali-born Ohio State student? Did you watch what happened in Quebec when somebody, it's reported, said Allahu Akbar this weekend? Now, the facts are very simple if anybody cares to look at truth and fact versus fiction. And the media in this country is an absolute disgusting disgrace. And by the way, it didn't take long. President Obama has weighed in. From the sidelines in his first statement since leaving office, he disagrees with the notion of discriminating because of faith or religion. That is a myth and a lie. Now, there are real reasons for what Donald Trump is doing. He said he's going to do it. And by the way, by golly, he's doing it. Thank God somebody's doing it. Number one, it's not a Muslim ban. It never was a Muslim. Where are the people banned from Indonesia, the largest Muslim country in the world? Oh, they're not banned. What about Egypt? They're not banned either. Saudi Arabia, they're not banned, although I put them on the ban list myself. Turkey, they're not banned. If it was a Muslim ban, it would have been all of those countries. Number two, it's based on the security reviews. In spite of what Obama's saying, I knew it wouldn't take long. Didn't I pick this actual date? I think I nailed it, didn't I? I told you it wouldn't be long. Uh, the security reviews conducted by Obama's deputies. 
This is a temporary moratorium. This is to get our act together. Obama banned immigration from Iraq. Jimmy Carter banned it from Iran. I guess those were Muslim bans, too, based on this ridiculous definition that, you know, Ashton Kutcher, didn't he marry a woman that was like his mother's age? Good grief. He needs got a mommy complex or something. I mean, who is this guy? And Trump's refugee caps were comparable to Obama's pre-2016 caps. The executive order's legal. Secure, it's a security measure. Always was a security measure. Now, let me give you more facts of what happened. So on one day, Saturday, 325,000 people from foreign countries traveled into the United States. 325,000. There's one day. Of those 325,000, only 109 people that were addressed and had any issues at all that were identified. That's it. 109 people were inconvenienced, most of them for a short period of time, and most were let go. 109 people. That's it. Of 325,000. Now, I don't mean to sound callous here, but if we inconvenience 109 people to keep 350 million Americans safe, I'm good with that. Because you know what? I actually listened to our top intelligence agents uh, under Obama, James Clapper, National Director of Intelligence, Comey, the FBI Director, Steinbeck, the Assistant FBI Director, uh, Brennan from the CIA, Mike McCall, House Homeland Security Committee. Then we had General John Allen, Obama's special envoy to defeat ISIS, all acknowledged that ISIS will infiltrate the refugee population. Donald Trump's listening to the experts, and he's putting your safety and your security over the convenience of people that would like to come to this country from countries that are known to harbor terrorists, that have terrorist states, that are committed to terrorism, or involved in training of terrorists. So I actually think it's a good thing. And everybody has lost their mind because it's all about hating Trump. This has not stopped since Election Day. It's not going to stop. It's just this week's version of Madonna, Meryl Streep, Madonna wanting to contemplating blowing up the White House, Meryl Streep melting down or Ashley Judd admitting she's as nasty as the blood on her sheets. These people are willing to gamble with your life. I'm not. Donald Trump, your president, will not gamble with your life. Because if we don't vet people and they come in here and they do kill Americans and it's happened before and it's happening all over Europe, then who takes responsibility? Who then will have blood on their hands? The first role of a president is commander in chief, and that means to protect the American people. And if protecting the American people means inconveniencing 109 people traveling to our country, visiting, being our guests and we vetting them, that's just too bad. Because when I travel abroad, they inconvenience me all the time and ask me quite when I was in London. Why are you here? How long are you going to be here? Why are you only here for such a short period of time? What is the purpose of your visit? You know, and then whatever other background checks they do. Mean spirited, un-American. Really? The Senate minority leader calling the president of the United States mean spirited, un-American. Nobody's outraged by that. Bringing jobs back to America and getting America back to work. This is the Sean Hannity Show. 
By the way, what a shocker. We've got news for all the Democrats that want to keep allowing Iranian students to come to America. I'm sure they wouldn't infiltrate the American school system. I'm sure they won't send spies in place of students. I'm sure that never would happen. Anyway, Iran conducted its first ballistic missile test under Trump's presidency in yet another violation of the U.N. resolution. Shocking. You know, you know what this is? We know why this is such a shock to the system. Because of eight years of Obama surrender, after eight years of Obama appeasement, after eight years of Obama cowardice and an inability to recognize radical Islamic terrorism, after eight long years, I guess, a president that is willing to put the safety and security of the American people above the right of people from, oh, let's see, the seven countries that the Obama administration put a Travel Prevention Act in place. By the way, Chuck Schumer voted for it as part of a larger bill. U.S. travel restrictions on citizens of Iran, Iraq, Sudan, Syria, and then last year, Obama's Department of Homeland Security. They added Libya, Somalia, and Yemen to the list. So those countries were not randomly chosen by the Trump administration. And with the exception of Syrian refugees, oh, and the ever so uncompassionate, lacking in compassion, Donald Trump will set up safe zones for food and water and medicine and supplies and baby formula. It's not like he's abandoning those that are victims of a civil war. The travel restrictions are temporary. 109 people out of 350,000 were inconvenienced. And you would think that we put these people in prison and tortured them. The way the media has lied and called this something it never was, a Muslim ban. There are 40 different Muslim-majority countries around the world that are not impacted by this. Forty. You know, where were the protests? You know, for example, back in 9-11, Iraqi refugees living in America were trying to assist al-Qaeda. President Obama suspended travel from Iraq for six months, a Muslim ban. Hillary was responsible. Obama was responsible. Jimmy Carter had a Muslim ban in Iran during the hostage crisis in 1979. And not to mention top Obama administration, national security officials have all told us that ISIS and radical Islamists will infiltrate the refugee population. Hello? Wake up. You know, I know you're used to surrender. I know you're used to appeasement. This is a new era. Donald Trump is your president. We continue our top story today, and that is the left freakout. After 325,000 people entered the U.S. this week, this Saturday, from other countries, and 109 people were actually delayed. 109. That's it. And you would think that the United and and every news outlet, every fake news outlet that says this is a Muslim ban is lying to you. CNN lies. NBC lies. ABC lies. CBS lies. The New York Times, all the they all lie to you. They cannot get over their obsession and their hatred of the public choosing Donald Trump, choosing a president that will secure the country over surrender. I know it was, you know, a contentious election. This has not stopped. 
You've got two to one a Rasmussen report finding that Americans favor the temporary ban. Two to one. The American people get it. Now, let me do something that nobody else in media bother, will bother to take the time to do. And that is, let's go to the experts, shall we? Let's go to the people that are in charge of intelligence. You know, James Comey, the FBI director. Uh, James Clapper, the U.S. Director of National Intelligence under Obama. Uh, John Kirby, State Department spokesperson. The Deputy Director of the National Counterterrorism Center, Nicholas Rasmussen. Uh, The Assistant FBI Director, Michael Steinbeck. Homeland Security Committee Chair, Mike McCall. Uh, The U.S. uh, Citizenship and Immigration Services Official, Michael Emmerich. Or General John Allen. Or CIA Director Brennan. I am going to play for you. They, in one way, shape, matter, or form, it takes a while to play it, they tell you that ISIS will infiltrate the refugee population. Now, Reince Priebus said this weekend, we will not apologize for keeping America safe. Now, the difference between him, Chuck Schumer, every one of these lunatics crying and freaking out on TV and protesting at the airport is all of them would be willing to gamble with your life. I'm not willing to do that. Your president, you should applaud he's listening to our top intelligence officers and officials that are saying ISIS will infiltrate the refugee population. Now, we already have a thousand investigations going on, terrorist investigations, ISIS-related Uh, radical Islamic investigations in all 50 states. We already have had open borders. We've already accepted refugees. You see what has happened to Europe, the Islamization of Europe and France and Germany and and all throughout Europe, resulting in Great Britain and Brexit, etc. You see the impact. Crime has gone up. Terrorist activity has gone up. Is it really wrong to inconvenience a few people for the safety of the many millions that are American citizens? Is that really the argument that these people want to make? I, for one, applaud that Donald Trump is listening to these top officials that I am playing here. ISIL has a large cadre of Western fighters who could potentially serve as operatives for attacks in the West. And the group is probably exploring a variety of means for infiltrating operatives into the West including in refugee flows, smuggling routes, and legitimate methods of travel. To what degree do you believe that uh, ISIS will continue uh, to attempt to infiltrate infiltrate their refugee flows? Ma'am, I I think that they are doing that today. Uh, What we have seen growing in the past months and year is that in that flow of refugees, we see criminality, terrorism, and foreign fighters. And I, and I know that doesn't sound like a distinction, but I see a distinction in the latter, too. And so this criminality, the terrorists, and the returning foreign fighters are clearly a daily part of the refugee flow now. We have heard from some on the Hill who say there is a potential jihadi pipeline if we bring these refugees in quickly, and they call it a national security threat. Do you agree? Uh, I think we should watch it. Uh, We should be conscious of the potential that uh, Daesh may attempt to embed agents uh, within that that population. I think that's the challenge we're all talking about, is that 
We can only query against that which we have collected. So if someone has never made a ripple in the pond in Syria in a way that would get their identity or their interests reflected in our database, we can query our database until the cows come home, but we're, we're not going to we'll, – there will be nothing show up because we have no record on that person. That's what uh, Assistant Director Steinbach was talking about. You can only query what, what you've collected. And, and with respect to Iraqi refugees, we had far more in our databases because of our country's work there uh, for a decade. This is a different situation. Of course, as they descend on Europe, uh, one of the obvious uh, issues that we worry about and in turn as we bring uh, refugees to this country is you know, exactly what their background. I um, don't obviously uh, put it past uh, the likes of ISIL to infiltrate operatives uh, among these uh, refugees. So that is a, a huge concern of ours. Some fear that some of these refugees may actually be posing as refugees, but they might actually be Al-Qaeda or ISIS terrorists uh, trying to sneak into Europe or the United States. What do you make of that? Well, certainly that's a possibility. I mean, uh, there, you, you, can't, uh, you can't dismiss that out of hand. Director Rasmussen and Mr. Steinbeck, would that, would that uh, bring in Syrian refugees pose a greater risk to Americans? I mean, it, it, it's clearly a population of concern. And as, as Undersecretary Taylor said, what we want to be able to do is apply the full weight of U.S. intelligence community holdings to the vetting and screening process. Oh, Mr. Steinbeck? Yeah, I'm concerned. Uh, we'll have to take a look at those lists and go through all the intelligence holdings and be very careful to try and identify uh, connections to foreign ter terrorist groups. Those were the top intelligence officials under President Surrender Obama. Now, I know everybody, this is like a freak out a moment. It really is. They, they, they cannot handle that there's somebody that made promises that actually is going to put the safety security of you, the American people, over the politically correct uh, policies that have failed us in the last eight years. You know what the Dubai security chief said? This blew me away. Dubai, Muslim country. He said America's ban on immigrants from the seven Muslim-majority countries was a good thing. He tweeted a series of tweets. He actually said that he supports President Trump. We completely support Trump and his ban on entry to those who may cause a breach in America's security. Wow. Unbelievable. By the way, Saudi Arabia has 100,000 air-conditioned tents sitting empty. Why don't they take in refugees? And if you think Trump is so lacking in compassion, what's wrong with a safe zone in Syria? We protect it militarily. We provide food, water, medicine, supplies, baby formula, blankets, cots. We take care of people. Then they can go back to their own homes when the Civil War ends. Protecting people, showing compassion, love, spending money which we don't really have a lot of, and helping our fellow men and women in the world without having to take them in and risk the safety and security of the American people. And by the way, how good did appeasing Iran work? Oh, Iran wasn't supposed to have new ballistic missile tests. They did that over the weekend. Really? This is the country we live in now. You know, voluntarily admitted immigrants recently implicated in terrorist activity. I got this from uh, Senator Sessions' office back in 2015. I have a whole list of five of example after example of people that were voluntarily admitted that were implicated in terrorist activity. We're not protecting you. Why is it 
that these people crying on television like little Chucky, you know, Schumer, like the big baby or these Hollywood liberals out there like Ashton Kutcher who married somebody that looked like his mother. You know, how is it that these people with their private jets, their armed guards, their their million dollar, you know, walled off mansions where nobody can peek in their, you know, who are they to lecture us? I'd like to be safe at the mall. My daughter went to a mall this weekend. Okay, how about we protect normal people? How about we protect the people that can't afford the big mansion and the people that can't afford the private jet and the people that can't afford the the private security like these idiots at the SAG whatever last night that nobody watched anyway? Why don't we do that? The news media are in a state of distress that a five-year-old was detained at Dulles Airport over the weekend due to the rollout of this plan. Okay, but your friends at the White House should ask the press to remember there was an eight-year-old Martin Richard. Remember him? Innocent kid murdered by the Sarnav brothers in the Boston Marathon bombing? Oh, Hannity, you make good points. You know, you really thought this through. Yeah, what about him? Martin's murderers first gained entry to the country under an asylum program. And so Martin had to die. Remember nails and pellets and improvised shrapnel mutilated this poor little kid's body, ripping him to shreds? Yeah, one child was in inconvenienced. This child was butchered. All right, the four-year-old was inconvenienced. Sorry, this kid's dead. His life snuffed out as brutally as you could ever imagine. And we should apologize for this? I want more of this. I want a lot more of this. Really? 325,000 people, 109 inconvenienced? Why are these people so willing to gamble with your life? Why? Why are these people willing to risk your life over the inconvenience of people that come from countries that have high incidence of radicalization? That's it. And then why is a media so compliant and willing to lie to you? Oh, Hannity, you did say journalism's dead, that we have an information crisis. Maybe Hannity's not so dumb. Maybe Hannity was right about Obama. Hannity saw that Trump could win. And these people are dumb and lazy and stupid. And they don't seem to give a damn what happens to you. Because I'm not willing to gamble with your life either. Put me down as somebody that wants extreme vetting. Put me down as somebody that supports the wall. Put me down as somebody that's not willing to gamble with your life. Put me down as somebody that's willing to inconvenience a few people for the safety and security of the many. Because that's who I am, and I don't apologize for that. And nor should anybody else, and nor should Donald Trump. And every media outlet that wrote this as a Muslim ban should be put out of business. It is, abs- it is beyond a dereliction of duty. It is outright lying and outright propaganda. It is unbelievable that they get away with this. And how about some context and texture and revising and extending remarks like Congress does so often? Uh, Does it matter that Jimmy Carter banned Iranians? Does it matter that Obama and Hillary banned Iraqis for six months? None of that matters. Six months. They didn't say a thing. Nobody seems to care. You know, it's unbelievable. The claimed Muslim ban exempted 87% of the world's Muslims. 87%. That's not a Muslim ban. 
by any, not even using a Washington calculator, can you get to that number. And that number, Washington calculator, get you anywhere you want. Polls show Americans support this by overwhelming numbers. We know that. We're getting mixed reports about what happened in Canada now, whether or not it was a white extremist or somebody. There were reports that somebody shouted, Allahu Akbar. So we have to wait for the facts to come in. The alt-radical left media, you know, they went out there without any, any evidence, immediately said it was white supremacists. Well, if it turns out they're them, there are evil white supremacists in the world. I don't give a damn. Put them in jail for the rest of their lives. They're evil. I don't want them going out there terrorizing people. This is a matter of your safety, your security, your family, your children, your grandchildren, your country for crying out loud. See what's happening here. And you're being lied to. You know why this show's successful and the media can't understand it? You, you have no idea, and I'm, I'm being just straight up honest with you. Do you know how hated I am by the mainstream media establishment? Do you know they hate talk radio? They hate the Fox News channel. They despise it. They despise our success. You know who makes us more successful? They do, because they suck at what they do, and they're lazy, and they lie. And we tell you the truth to the best of our ability. 800-941-SEAN. Newt Gingrich coming up at the top of the hour. We'll get his take on the Nigel Farage in the next hour. Three hours a day is all we ask on the Sean Hannity Show. So please join us, but just don't be late. Sean Hannity is on. Why would anyone not see this for what it is? Because you know what? Nobody gave you the information I've just passed on to you in the last hour. Nobody in the media is doing their job. Nobody in the media looked at what all of the intelligence officers, officials have said about ISIS infiltrating refugee populations. Nobody, you know, all of this has been rooted in emotion. Nobody told you that, oh, 325,000, only 109 people impacted by this and for a short period of time. Nobody has gone through the history of terrorist attacks like I just did in this last hour. It is dereliction of duty. The mainstream alt-left radical media is lazy. We'll get Newt Gingrich's take, Nigel Farage's take when we come back in the next hour. Stay right where you are. First, I'm signing an executive action to begin a great rebuilding of the armed services of the United States, developing a plan for new planes, new ships, new resources, and new tools for our men and women in uniform. Secondly, I'm establishing new vetting measures to keep radical Islamic terrorists out of the United States of America. We don't want them here. And I named my daughter, her middle name is Emma, named for Emma Lazarus, the great poet who wrote those lines on the pedestal of the uh, Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. 
Fort Worth arrest. So this executive order was, was mean-spirited and un-American. It was implemented in a way that created chaos and confusion across the country, and it will only serve to embolden and inspire those around the globe who will do us harm. It must be reversed immediately. Senate Democrats are going to introduce legislation to overturn this and move it as quickly as we can. And I, as your senator from New York, will claw, scrap, and fight with every fiber of my being until these orders are overturned. I noticed uh, Chuck Schumer yesterday with fake tears. I'm going to ask him who is his acting coach, because uh, I know him very well. I don't see him as a crier. If he is, he's a different man. There's about a 5% chance that it was real, but I think they were fake tears. I say, where was the outrage of the Democrats when all of our companies were fleeing to Mexico and to other places far away and leaving jobs behind? Now they're all coming back. All right, Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show. Write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. This ridiculous argument that somehow this is a recruitment tool for, for radical Islamists. Well, that wouldn't explain the Kobar Towers incident or the bombings at the embassies in Kenya and Tanzania or the first Trade Center bombing or the USS Cole or 9-11 or all of the incidents of terror that I mentioned since then in the last hour. None of that would be there. It doesn't, it doesn't point out that James... James Clapper, under Obama, National Director of Intelligence, our FBI Director, our Assistant FBI Director, our CIA Director, our Special Envoy to defeat ISIS, House Homeland Security Chairman McCall, all of them said that ISIS will infiltrate the refugee population, all of them. And it's very easy. Why, why are these politicians so willing to gamble with your lives? WikiLeaks revealed that Hillary Clinton herself admitted privately that we couldn't possibly vet people or ascertain what is in their heart. Here with some perspective, apparently on the eve of a huge vacation, we're not going to hear from him for a couple of weeks, as former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. I'm glad to get one last day out of you. And- oh, no, look, I, I'll call in occasionally i won't be able to control myself but, you know i'm just chatting with you and so many good things will be going on but, you know I, I i would love to believe that but i don't believe that for a second i think well, i mean look i'm not going to call you when we're with penguins but I'll, <laughs> I'll find other times to call you uh well you just yeah. gave away part of your location i try and pre- yeah. prevent where you're going but in all seriousness, you watch the media this weekend, you see the reaction to this, you see how insane, it's not a Muslim ban, everything the media is saying is fake news and a lie, you know, meanwhile they ignored the shooting in Quebec where the guy's screaming Allahu Akbar just this weekend. See, but now, you're, you're, you're jumping to conclusions. Well, what does Allahu Akbar mean if it's not a... T- up and yells Allahu Akbar doesn't necessarily mean that they're a Muslim fanatic. I mean, we, we, need, we need weeks of careful, thoughtful analysis until everybody's forgotten the incident, otherwise we would begin to jump to conclusions that, you know, uh, that these terrorist incidents actually involve people who are Islamic supremacists, which, which of course, is, is the great challenge we face as a country, and we face worldwide. Uh, and we're not prepared for it today. We're not equipped for it. The, the thing to remember about, about the Trump administration is <clears throat> they are taking the first steps 
to correct what has been a moral and intellectual disarmament by the left led by Barack Obama, in which we've had eight years of pretending that we don't know where the enemies are, we don't know what the enemies believe in, we don't know what motivates the enemies, and for eight years we've gone through this nonsense as, as ISIS and Al-Qaeda and Boko Haram and all these various groups have gotten stronger. And so what you have are initial steps in the direction of saying, uh, we're going to question people. We're going to scrutinize people. Uh, I suspect that, that we're going to presently have to decide that if you go back to Pakistan for a year, we're going to want to really carefully know what you were doing before we let you back in the U.S. because there's been a consistent pattern of people who go to Pakistan and come back radicalized and try either to blow things up or to shoot people. Uh, and and I, I used to get this over and over. So this is going to be very difficult. And, of course, on the left, their, their emotional angst at waking up every morning and seeing President Donald J. Trump in the White House is so enormous that I think they literally can't think. I mean, I just think that they, they have no capacity right now to do any kind of reasonable thinking. It's very sad when you have such a dishonest media on top of all of this. Now, if this was a Muslim ban, I would assume that would include Saudi Arabia, which, by the way, I think should be included, or Egypt, or Turkey, or any other number of Muslim countries that were not included. That This is not a Muslim ban. You know, the order is based on the exact security reviews that were conducted by President Obama's administration. It's a temporary moratorium till we can get our act together. Right. It's and I and I think frankly it's, it's designed as much to shock the system and to say, look, these you know the Trump administration is going to be different. Uh, I mean, I think that's as big a part of what's going on here. It is a deliberate, methodical effort to say this isn't the same game. We're not the same people. Um, the other side, you know, the left when it made a mistake, it made a mistake in the direction of being too passive, too open, too unwilling to judge. Uh, the the Trump team is saying, oh, we're, you know, we're we're going to risk moving too fast. We're going to risk being too aggressive because we think defending America is that important. And I think part of it is a deliberate drawing of a contrast. The, the other point to make, by the way, not, not only does it not include the Saudis, President of the United States spoke with the King of Saudi Arabia. He spoke with the head of the United Arab Emirates. Uh, I think this morning, if I read the schedule correctly, the vice president was meeting with uh, King Hussein of Jordan, uh, none of whom I suspect. And he spoke with El Sisi, the general, the the pre- the president of Egypt, or the prime minister right. of Egypt. So, I'm not sure what none, none of whom I suspect said to him, oh, gee, I think you should leave more terrorists in. I mean, these are countries that are very tough fighting the terrorists. What do you make of the reaction? I mean, I honestly, I would I tuned in this weekend. I see Chucky Schumer crying in his crocodile tears. I see people protesting at airports, and then I actually did something that was rather, I guess, unique, and I actually took a look at what actually had happened and how many people were impacted by this, and it was such a a small number of people for just a short period of time. It was, what, 325,000 people from foreign countries traveled to the U.S. on one day this week, and only 109 uh, that this actually impacted mostly for a short period of time. And I'm like, why the overreaction? Because they hate Trump. The overreaction has nothing to do with the event. The overreaction has to do with Trump. Uh, The left, I mean, you you saw that the other day when when you had Madonna saying that she dreams of of blowing up the White House. These people are deranged. Uh, I mean, if you look at the Meryl Streep speech, these, these, these are comments over and over again, they're sort of like, you know, Teddy Kennedy used to get up in the morning and he knew the answer was big government, but he didn't know what the question was. But he was prepared to answer your question, whatever it was, because it was the same answer. Well, these are people, particularly in the Hollywood crowd, uh, who are are now 
they know that Trump is so bad that they're against him, no matter what you know what he does. Uh, and so this is just the newest excuse to become hysterical. In the case of Schumer, I have a very simple test for for Schumer. I would like to see him care a little bit about the 4,000 Americans who were shot in Chicago last year. I mean, it's amazing to me that liberal Democrats can cry for people who aren't Americans. They can worry about people who, who have not in any significant way been hurt. But when you get to our third largest city with a Democratic mayor uh, and you have 4,000 Americans being shot, somehow people like Senator Schumer can't find it uh, something worthy of their attention because it only involves Americans. You know, the one thing that frustrates me in all of this, they seem like they are the most loving. They try to present themselves that way, the most loving, the most caring, the most compassionate. And in reality, what they're doing is they're willing to gamble with the lives of the American people because we know that James Clapper and James Comey and Brennan and McCall and General Allen and others testified and said that ISIS will infiltrate this refugee population. Uh, why isn't that story about gambling with the lives of the American people a part of the narrative in the media? Because the media is not going to carry anything that in any way gives aid and comfort to, to the Trump administration. You know what that means? That means I am going to have, because people do want to hear the truth, they do want to hear another side, that means that my shows will be the best they've ever been with the highest ratings ever, and they will continue to lose and bleed audience the way they're doing it because they're not being honest. And that is what's happening to them. They, they are so predictably wrong and they're so predictably out of touch. Um, I had a reporter today who was doing a profile on, on, on Steve Bannon, and she said, you know, Bannon, doesn't, Bannon condemns the news media. And I said, yes, I agree with him. And she didn't know what to say. <laughs> she just stopped in her tracks because I was supposed to disagree. And I said, look, you guys haven't learned anything. It's embarrassing. You know, you, you were wrong in the nomination. You were wrong in the general election. You're wrong about the cabinet. You're, you, and that's what you saw over the weekend. The same people on the hard left in the New York Times, the Washington Post, CBS News, etc. the same people who've been wrong for two years about Donald J. Trump were wrong again this weekend. Factually false deliberately emotional. And again, I'm, I think it could have been done more elegantly. I think that they should have advised the Congress and our allies, et cetera, and they'll get, they'll get better at this and they'll do it better. But I also think that Trump wanted to draw a line in the sand and say, we are different. We are going to defend Americans. And if our choice is inconveniencing somebody from some refugee from Syria or having an American get killed, I'm going to inconvenience the refugee every time. That is a profound difference. It's the opposite. All right, I want to ask you about how they're so wrong on this, man. And you made a statement this week, and the left should be scared to death after Trump's first week, and he may be the most effective anti-left president in modern history. We'll, we'll just keep you another couple of minutes. Uh, Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House. Looking for fake news? You won't find it here. You're with Sean Hannity. On the air now. now. 
All right, as we continue with former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich is with us uh, about to take a long vacation, which is very frustrating to me because he tells me about all his vacations, and I'm jealous I can't go with him. But I don't begrudge you. Uh, You've worked very hard over the years. In all seriousness, you and I saw something in Donald Trump that made late-night comedians laugh, that made, you know, National Review and Weekly Standard and Wall Street Journal people just lose any sense of proportionality in terms of measuring Donald Trump's ascendancy. Um, It's now it's sort of like everyone has doubled down on stupid. What is it they're not getting that you and I got? Well, look, I think you and I are not committed to upholding the left wing worldview and we're not committed to being politically correct. Um, And I also think we're willing to let the American people educate us in a way that the elite media is not. So, I mean, I don't know about your reaction, but one of the really big breakpoints for me was the very first debate that Fox News had, where Trump got in a fight with Megyn Kelly, and all of the elites said, oh, he lost that, it was terrible, he did badly. And about 11 or 12 o'clock that night, all of the online voting, I mean, across the board, not just right-wing places, but Time Magazine, and you name it, all of Salon, I mean, all of the various online polls showed that out of 16 candidates, 60 to 70 percent were picking Trump. And so I let, I let the facts teach me. And in looking at that, I thought, wow, um, that's, you know, something is happening. If, if, if everybody, and I saw all these different analysts who, who were all wrong. And I thought if everybody in the elite is on one side and by 60 to 70 percent, the American people are on the other side, that's an anomaly so big. It's worth studying. The... And I, began, I began to realize that Trump had some ability to communicate both what he said and how he said it that was resonating with millions and millions of Americans. The Trump that I watched in the last 10 days is the Trump I've always known. And I've known him long before he ever considered really running for politics. And that is he works seven days a week. He rolls up his sleeve and he works morning, noon and night. And he's running the country for the first time in my life like a real executive, not like a politician. And he's just, okay, let's get it done now. Let's do it now. Let's do it today. You know, how do you feel about his Supreme Court choices? It seems to have come down to three people. Um, all of them were on the list. Do you like any one over the other? No, no. I, look, I, I trust his judgment. He's been looking at this. He's been getting lots of good advice. But the fact is that Leonard Leo and the Federalist Society and others did an amazing job developing that initial list. Those 10 names are rock solid. Everybody I know of thinks that they're just great. Uh, and from my perspective, uh, whoever he picks, the big fight's going to be to make sure that they get through. And I think that uh, we have to serve notice to Chuck Schumer and others that um, we hope we can get to 60 uh, and not have to uh, go to the so-called nuclear option. But as, as Mitch McConnell keeps saying, this is going to be approved. And I think the Democrats get to decide if they want to destroy uh, the filibuster that they're going to have that prerogative. All right, Mr. Speaker, listen, I know you're going on vacation. You have one more hit with me tonight on Hannity. So much to get to. And uh, we'll see you then. We'll wish you well on your voyage, wherever you're going, that you're not taking me. And uh, I hope you'll think about your friends when you're away and send us little notes and pictures of what a fun time you're having. I'll, I'll send you pictures from time to time. Yeah, I'll send the, pictures. Yeah, I, want the whole, I, want, I want the whole Hannity team to be happy. Yeah, I, I just love that you get these wonderful vacations and I'm like slugging it away four hours a day here. I'm just I'm just making that point. Uh, we'll see. We'll see you tonight. But you're a lot younger than me, Sean. You're, you're just still in the rising part of your career. I'm 55 years old now. Good grief. That, that worries me because that makes me a lot older than I thought it was. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> All 
All right, Mr. Speaker. Nigel Farage coming up at the bottom of the hour, the former head of the Brexit movement. Next. Um, thank you very much, Prime Minister. Laura Kunzberg, BBC News. Um, Prime Minister, you've talked about where you agree, but you have also said you would be frank where you disagree with the president. Can you tell us where in our talks you did disagree? And do you think that the president listened to what you had to say? And, Mr. President, you say... <laughs> We'll see what she says. (laughs) Mr. President, you've said before that torture works. You've praised Russia. You've said you want to ban some Muslims from coming to America. You've suggested there should be punishment for abortion. For many people in Britain, those sound like alarming beliefs. What do you say to our viewers at home who are worried about some of your views and worried about you becoming the leader of the free world? This was your choice of a question. There goes that relationship. Uh, on, on, the, uh, on the issue that you raised with me, Laura, can I confirm that uh, the president, I've been listening to the president and the president has been listening to me. That's the point of having a conversation and a dialogue. Uh, and we have been discussing a number of topics. We'll carry on uh, after this press conference meeting and discussing a number of other topics. And there will be times when we disagree and issues on which we disagree. The point of the special relationship is that we are able to have that open and frank discussion uh, so that we are able to, to make that clear when it happens. But I'm clear also that there are many issues on which the United Kingdom and the United States stand alongside one another, uh, many issues on which we agree. And I think, as I said yesterday in my speech, that we are at a moment now when we can build an even stronger special relationship, which will be in the interest not just of the UK and the United States, but actually in the interests of the wider world as well. All right, that was Donald Trump, joint press conference with the Prime Minister of Great Britain, Theresa May. Now, the president had a busy weekend working all day Saturday, all day Sunday. More executive orders have come out. He had phone calls with the Australian Prime Minister, with the French President Francois Holland, with uh, Vladimir Putin of Russia. Angela Merkel, and so much more. I mean, he just never seems to stop working. What a refreshing shift and change that is. Anyway, joining us, uh, our good friend Nigel Farage, former leader of the movement that led the uh, Brexit movement for Great Britain, joining us today. And by the way, I think you were responsible in part in suggesting that the that Winston Churchill's bust be put back in the White House where it now is and back in the Oval Office. Well, that's right. I met Donald Trump on the Saturday after the election. And uh, I, I, I sort of rather cheekily because uh, he was talking about the relationship with the By the UK. way, we, we in the USA, we don't say cheekily very often. I kind of love it though it's pretty cool (laughs) very cheeky okay (laughs) very cheeky of me and i just said look you know we've just had a conversation about the relationship between our two great nations and all the amazing things we've achieved over the years i said if that bus went back in the oval office it would be a great symbol and for those of us that believe in liberty and freedom it would strike a great blow and i i could scarcely believe that on day one it was back and i think that's very good news you know it was such uh, we do need to reestablish that special relationship I also like the idea of bilateral trade, which I think could help both the United States and Great Britain, but particularly Great Britain as it makes its exit from the European Union. I think that's going to be enormously helpful to have that special partnership, no? Oh, absolutely. And because what very few people realize is that for us, you know, and we're not as big as you guys, but we're still the fifth biggest economy in the world. And we've been stuck inside this outdated concept of a customs union where we've actually been forbid from making our own trade deals anywhere else in the world. And 
I think, you know, getting getting on uh, with a trade deal with the USA says to a lot of the German car manufacturers, a lot of the French wine producers, hey, unless we're careful, unless we're sensible, the United Kingdom will find markets all over the world. So for us, and particularly for us in the Brexit camp, uh, this deal with Trump's administration really matters. I think it's very important to get your perspective. There has been a lot of fake news in the United States, especially over what the president it has. It's For example, all weekend long, it's been reported this is a Muslim ban when you talk about seven countries that we're going to have extreme vetting for. It's not a Muslim ban. Otherwise, I assume we would have included Saudi Arabia and Turkey and Egypt and other countries. The order that the president passed, it was based on security reviews that were conducted by President Obama, for crying out loud, which is a point that has been missed on the media. The moratorium is temporary, largely so. He banned, Obama banned immigration from Iraq. Carter banned it from Iran. This is hardly a a, a new precedent for the United States. And Trump's refugee caps are comparable to Obama's pre-2016 practices, and the executive order is legal. Now, my question to you is, I have at length discussed on this program the refugee problem, particularly in Europe, Great Britain, France, Germany, and all throughout the rest of Europe. How bad has it been for Europe? Well, let's be honest. I mean, if I was given a choice and I wanted to be as safe as possible between living in Trump's America or Merkel's Germany, do you know which one I'd choose? Well, i tell you why. Because what she did was to allow in one year over a million people to come into Germany without a single one of them being vetted. And what we are now seeing in France and Germany on a regular basis are people that came in posing as refugees, most of whom, most of whom actually were economic migrants, um, causing not just crime, but terrorist acts as well. What Germany did was literally mad, um, and I think Donald Trump has seen that, and said, right, we are not going to make the same mistake. And I agree with all that you said, um, that, that, that frankly, you know, the five most populous Muslim countries in the world were not included in this ban. Anyway, it's not a so, ban, is it? No, it's, it's not. Well, if, if, it was a religious, if it was a religious ban, it would have included all Muslim countries. And that's a yeah. point that I, I think needs to be em- emphasized. I want to ask you this, because this is very important. But to the extent that Brexit was a result of the migrant immigration issues impacting Europe, because once you're in the European Union, you can travel from country to country. You can get health benefits from country to country. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, what we saw in Brexit was, number one, just sheer weight of numbers that, you know, the British passport was now effectively open to 500 million people. And secondly, what people saw were increasing terror attacks, increasing crime problems, you know, an increasingly bad policy from Merkel. And whilst those people weren't allowed to come directly to Britain, everyone knew that in four or five years' time, if they had German passports or French passports, they would be able to. So, I mean, actually, if I'm being honest with you, I don't think Brexit would have happened if Mrs. Merkel hadn't made that terrible mistake. What is it? Because if you read some of these papers in Europe, and including Great Britain, and you have some fine papers there, like the Daily Mail and some others, but um, I find a lot of hostility towards President Trump. Is that real with people, or is that just a press thing like it well, is here? Well, it's the press, and frankly, it's almost all our politicians. And, Sean, let me tell you that yesterday and today, I've been, I think, the only elected British politician, and I'm still, a, I'm still an MEP, I've been the only one going on media saying, hey, hang on a second, think about this. This man was elected on a ticket that said he would do these things to make America safer. So, at the moment, there simply aren't enough pro-Trump voices. But I think what you'll see is, amongst 
amongst the people, increasingly, they're going to respect a man who does what he said he was going to do. And my, my sense is that much of the political and media class, both in America and Britain, since Trump got elected, are actually moving further and further away from common sense opinion. You know, i got to be honest. To me, even Hillary Clinton and WikiLeaks admitted that we can't possibly vet people the way we would need to. So my take on all of this, and I'm watching all these Hollywood stars and watching, you know, Chuck Schumer cry his little eyeballs out in his Oscar-winning performance. <laughs> and, you know, I'm watching all of this. And the thing is, all of these people that are most vocal, they tend to be wealthy. They tend to have armed security guards themselves. They tend to protect themselves in a bubble. A lot of these people are pri- flying around in their own private jets. And meanwhile, they're just willing to gamble with our lives. Now, as Reince Priebus said, we won't apologize for keeping America safe. And unless we can vet where somebody comes from and ascertain whether or not they want to blow up an American city, they want to advance a caliphate, they want to scream Allahu Akbar while they're killing innocent men, women, and children, uh, I don't think it's worth the risk. And I think America has every right to protect its own citizens first. And the same with Great Britain. I would Listen, I was recently in London, and I went through a lot of scrutiny to get through, you know, the airport security in London. I was asked a lot of questions. Why am I there? I'm like, yeah, you know, you know, we're living in a world. We're living in a world of threat. We're living in a world of risk, uh, and we have to accept. Actually, both of us have to accept that we already have people inside our countries who've been activated and done bad things. We do not need to add to that problem at all. I, 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 I believe in 90 days that Trump's administration will have come up with a proper vetting plan to make sure that the people that come into America are going to be good and constructive for society. And I will be urging that we on this side of the pond do the same thing too. What is the latest with Brexit? I know you've been battling in the courts. What's the update? Uh, The update is that it's coming into the House of Commons for a vote next week. Um, I don't really anticipate much of a problem. There'll be some uh, that try and stop and frustrate the process, but I think what they know is the country at large is resolute about this, and if if too many MPs try to derail the Brexit process, they will lose their political careers, and I think for that... Would would you ever yourself try to be the Donald Trump of Great Britain and run for, run to be the Prime Minister, or would you ever want that position? Well, you know, never say never. I mean, all I would say to you is this, that if Brexit did not happen, if by 2019, 2020, we'd been let down and the people had not got what they asked for, well, in those circumstances, I may well give it a go. But for the moment, I may well have been the instigator of this of this great leap towards freedom. But for the moment, I have to give Prime Minister May the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what she does. You know, I am, you know, as somebody that followed Ronald Reagan and, and Margaret Thatcher's relationship very closely, and as somebody that is a huge admirer of Winston Churchill, especially during the bombing of Britain, and he's out every day and night shaking hands with the people that are under fire. Um, I'm just glad to see a rehabilitation, if you will, in this relationship. Just like when I interviewed Donald Trump last week, I said, will you begin the process of repairing the relationship with Israel? You know what he said? He goes, I bet he said, I bet he said yes. He said, no, it's already done. <laughs> well, Trump is a man of action, and as you said in the introduction to this interview, he's got the strength of an ox. He really does. He's got, he's got a work. I mean, everyone calls me a workaholic, but goodness me, Trump is a phenomenon. And what I love is that in democratic terms, he's doing what he promised. Hooray! Isn't that isn't that a refreshing thing to see for once? Literally, I have a list. I, I went on Friday on TV, and I, on the day before election day here in the U.S., I gave an 18-minute television monologue, and I pointed out what the things he would do. And I was airing that on Friday. And in one week, 
he'd accomplished at least nine of the items. It's amazing. No, way to go. It's fantastic stuff, and I think you'll find whatever... I think I, I think I want Nigel Farage for Prime Minister of Great Britain. That's what I'm pushing. Well, let's wait and see, Sean. You never know. You, you never, never know. know what could happen. You have to <laughs> ma- if that happens, you better make me an honorary uh, citizen. I'll, I'll, I'll find a special role for you somewhere, <laughs> Sean. Don't you worry. All right. All right, Nigel. Good to talk to you, my friend. Thanks ever so much. Up next, our final roundup and information overload hour. All right, let's hit our phones here. Then we've got our news roundup information overload and your calls coming up in our final half hour of the program today. Uh, but in the meantime, let's go to Dennis, Waco, Texas. Dennis, hi. How are you? And we're glad you called. John, I appreciate it. And thanks for taking my call. What's going on? I just wanted to, well, I wanted to think uh, uh, tomorrow night, President Trump is going to announce the Supreme Court nomination. And well, it looks like the three three main leading contenders are William Pryor, uh, Neil Gorsuch, and Thomas Hardiman. And by the way, now, all three wanna, of those names were on the list that he provided before the election. Correct. And I, but I want to thank somebody that, that's probably not going to get enough thanks for this. It's potentially Harry Reid for putting the nuclear option in place that may need we may need to use. And I also want to thank T-Bob because Harry couldn't have done it without T-Bob. And of course, T-Bob is treasonous Barack Obama. Is they could end tre- up with... T- I was wondering, what is T-Bob? Well, you're call, why are you calling him treasonous? Well, because of what he's done with... Listen, he was a horrible president. We don't even need to talk about him anymore. I've I've laid out what a failure he was, and he'll write a book, and he'll try and rewrite history, and liberals will write books, and they'll try and rewrite history, but the facts are the facts. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, this election came down to immigration, extreme vetting. It came down to the economy. It came down to energy, health care, and this is one of Trump's promises. Now, I have a lot of my conservative friends, some like this guy, one of the three, others like this one of the three, others say not that one of the three. I'm, you know, at the end of the day, they're all infinitely better than anything that Hillary would have offered us. And we'll take a good look at their record. We're told they're all originalists, um, some maybe more so than others. And, um, you know, I assume that the Democrats are going to do what they always do, and they're going to be obstructionist. And I'm sure that ha- that Chucky Schumer is going to, the crybaby, is going to probably try and prevent any Democratic defections. And then Mitch McConnell's going to have to man up and do what Harry Reid did. You're right. Yeah, I, and I'm looking forward to that the court and immigration to me are the two biggest things we have to solve all right appreciate it dennis god bless you 800-941-SEAN is our number kim is in california kim hi how are you and we're glad you called hi sean thanks for taking my call i've been waiting to talk to you since last week i was trying to get in touch with you before the sag awards came on but anyway yes ma'am the reason why i'm calling is because i you know i, I was thinking about all this and I purposely I purposely avoided what was happening last night on television because I was so dismayed by the last thing I encouraged or watched on TV. So my point is, to get right to the point, I think that all the people that are silent voters and all the people that, you know, are really hoping that President Trump moves forward and stays full steam ahead... Um, take their stand and you know the thing is is that when we go to the theaters we go to Broadway plays we go to all these entertainment things concerts they have no problem asking what our political preference is and taking our money listen I got to tell you something all these people live very different lifestyles than we do or most people do let's put it that way they live in their gated mansions with their many bodyguards that are armed in their private jets. You know what? It's so simple and easy for them uh, to lecture us when they don't really live in our world for the most part. Bunch of phony hypocrites. Quick break. News roundup. Information overload. Jonathan Gillum, Rick Unger, and your calls next hour. 
Good evening, fellow SAG-AFTRA members and everyone at home and everyone in airports that belong in my America. You are a part of the fabric of who we are, and we love you and we welcome you. We also welcome you to the 23rd Annual Screen Actors Guild Awards. To a less insane note, I'd like to say that I am a uh, very proud member of this union, and I'm thrilled to be here tonight, and I thank the Screen Actors Guild. Um, I, I want you all to know that I am the daughter of an immigrant. Um, my father fled religious persecution in Nazi-occupied France, and I'm an American patriot, and I love this country, and because I love this country, I am horrified by its blemishes. And this immigrant ban is a blemish and it is un-American. We 1983 Midwesters will repel bullies. We will shelter freaks and outcasts, those who have no home. We will get past the lies. We will hunt monsters. And when we are at a loss amidst the hypocrisy and the casual violence of certain individuals and institutions, we will, as per Chief Jim Hopper, punch some people in the face when they seek to destroy the and the marginalized. And we will do it all with soul, with heart, and with joy. Our vision of America is directly antithetical to that of President Trump. specifically tonight reject his vision and affirm that America has to be better than that. I do not believe this is happening. I'm literally about to kill myself and I'm not kidding. You better fix this right now. And I didn't even play Madonna. And I didn't even play Ashley Judd or Meryl Streep or any of the rest of them. By the way, we had a pool going. President Ex-President Obama has now weighed in. I told you it would be less than two weeks, didn't I? What was my date? I think I almost nailed it perfectly. First statement since leaving the White House. Fundamentally disagrees with the notion of discriminating because of faith or religion. Uh, Mr. President, I hate to give you some facts. This was not a Muslim ban. If it were, it would have included Turkey. It would have included Egypt. It would have included Indonesia. It would have included so many other countries that were not included. It's not a Muslim ban. This was based on reviews, security reviews from your administration, Mr. President Obama. Why don't you go play golf 
and realize you did a horrific job as president. The moratorium of ex-president is temporary to keep Americans safe. Obama banned immigration from Iraq. That makes you a hypocrite, Mr. President, ex-president. Uh, Jimmy Carter banned immigrants from Iran. The refugee caps are comparable to Obama's pre-16 practices. The executive order is legal. The executive order is a security measure. The real question is, now that James Clapper, Comey, Brennan, General Allen, McCall, and all these Obama security people said that ISIS will infiltrate this population. Why the outrage? And on top of everything else, well, there were 300 and however many thousands of people that came in this weekend, 325,000 on one day, and only 109 people were impacted by this order, and they were let go. So if the question is, we're going to keep Americans safe, and we're going to do a little bit of vetting and inconvenience a few people for a couple of hours to make sure that they're not here to do us harm, what's so bad about it? Rick Unger, those are your peeps. Those are your snowflake friends. My snowflake Those are your snowflake friends that are losing their minds. How did Snowflake replace Libtard? I like Snowflake better, actually. Do you really? How did that happen? I have no idea. As a matter of fact, I didn't know when I said it the first time on the air if I was saying something that was wrong, (laughs) so politically incorrect, I was going to be accused of something. because you care. Well, no, no, no. I just, you know, I don't need need the hassle at this point in my life, you know? I'm like, does Snowflake mean anything? Is it a racist slur, a gay slur? Is it anything slur? I I find it eminently nicer than than Libtard. I never liked being called Libtard. I don't like Snowflake. Good. Now that I know you don't like Libtard, I'll call call you Libtard. Libtard, Right. Right. Uh, Here's what I want to ask you. Those are your people going insane. Are you proud of that? Now, you know what would make me really proud? What? Is if everybody on both sides would understand the executive order. Much of what you just said is actually accurate. Not much. All of what well, I no, said. no, I'll tell you where, where I, there's one thing you said I disagreed with. And the the order itself, as it was initially being enforced the first night, where people with green cards uh, could have been sent away and people with existing visas, those to do that and to deny them counsel was, in fact, unconstitutional. However, it was corrected, and that's not the policy now. It was corrected expeditiously. It was was corrected. And there was a little bit of confusion as to what it actually meant. You know what? They'll find their footing on these little things. Well, but you know what? I mean, you say it's little, but for the person person who was was being detained, whose wife and family were freaking out, it's not little. But in the end. In the end, if they got that straightened out, then the, the executive order, I've gone through it carefully, is legal. Now, is it the right thing to do? And I would argue. Yes, it is. Here's where I have one problem with it. Uh, You can certainly make the argument as to the 120 day. You can certainly make the argument as to the 90 day. Where I run into a problem legally, in fact, is on the permanent ban until change of Syrian refugees. The reason for that is it actually violates the Geneva Convention. Every signatory to the Geneva Convention, which includes us, is obligated under that law, under that agreement, to take refugees. So that's the one place where I actually do. With all due respect, we have immigration laws in this country, and America still should have American sovereignty. At the end of the day, it's as simple as this, Jonathan Gillum, and that is that every national security leader in this country has warned ISIS will infiltrate the refugee population to attack us. And to me, why are so many of Rick's friends, and I'm not saying Rick, why are all of his snowflake friends, what do you call them, libtards? No, I call what them does that snow- mean? I, I like snowflakes better. Uh, I don't know what it means. You guys it came up with it, not came me. Up with that. You were the one that mentioned it on my radio. <laughs> (laughs) show. All right, but all of these snowflakes that are freaking out, I'm in favor. 
Why are they willing to gamble with the lives of the American people? Because they live in a fantasy world, and because, and that's that's the truth. I can actually give you a better answer than that. Well, I'm gonna it's not let, a let, let, let me let me let me finish. You know, when and I was just looking this up in October uh, of 2014, President Obama put restrictions on people entering the country because of Ebola from from countries that may have been affected. What we get in the United States, or what we have, are laws, and and where they're saying and chanting. Uh, no justice, no peace. They're living in a fantasy world because we are a country of laws and they must follow those laws and understand those laws before they go out and protest. So when I say they're living in a fantasy world, they don't understand the reality of cause and effect. They don't understand the reality of an enemy that wants to attack us, just like a virus called Ebola, didn't care whether or not, you know, you're Muslim or Christian or whether you have constitutional rights. It's the same thing with Islamic jihadists. They don't care. We actually did not ban people who came from They countries. restricted. What they, they did. They, well, wait, let's see. This is part of the but problem. But it was still under the same wait, 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 wait. guideline. Wait, wait, wait. This is part of the problem. Nobody wants to just deal with the facts. What happened with Ebola, if you were coming from a country where there was a high prevalence of Ebola, mm-hmm. you weren't banned from coming in the country. You did have to go through a medical test and very possibly be uh, kept in quarantine for a period of days. Exactly. Not and the same. Let me thing. say this. And wait, let me, let we me don't have a proper vetting process, oh, so we cannot test on, the people coming in for with terrorism. With respect to what you said, Sean, with what Obama did with the Iraq, what that was a result of was uh, after we had let a bunch of Iraqis in, this is back in 2013, we found out that two of them had uh, been involved with building IUDs while they were still in Iraq. What that prompted was one, a review, a revet of all the Iraqis who had been allowed in, and two, I don't know why you're laughing. That's bad. It's IED, and, not IUD. Oh, I'm sorry, IED. <laughs> And <laughs> that is a big difference. <laughs> and and two, it uh, uh, we did we slowed down for a period of six months. We did not ban Iraqis from coming in. We slowed down the process. So it's really not the same thing. I think Trump, Mr. Trump, President Trump makes a mistake when he tries to say it's the same thing. It's not. That's not to negate what he's doing. As I said again, it's and I'll tell you what I think caused the president the biggest problem this weekend when Rudy Giuliani goes on TV and gets interviewed and said, well, I was hired by Donald Trump to look into the legality of a Muslim ban. It didn't turn out that way. No, he has not banned Muslims. Indonesia is the largest Muslim country on the earth. Indonesia is not on that list. The seven countries on that list. Egypt's not on it. Turkey's not on it. And there's a reason for that. Saudi Arabia's not even on it. And you alluded to it. The reason is in in the legislation, the bipartisan legislation in 2015, uh, three of those countries were named as dangerous countries. And then Obama did add three more. So so that's actually. It is accurate. What we have to be careful about. So why is, is your side freaking out? Because the, we, all, we, it's very hard for us to forget that that Mr. Trump did propose during the campaign a Muslim ban. This isn't that a Muslim is ban. Antithetical. It, it's not no, a Muslim I, ban. I, I agree with you, but this is what. But they that's fear not why they're to. freaking out, Rick. That's but, not why they're freaking out. And the question, is. the question was, is why are they freaking out? And that's because they don't understand our system of laws. They don't understand the power. Well, of the Geneva president. Conventions are part of our system of laws. But we our, have always honored that, and we're not honoring but it right now. it is in our constitution that so you're not honoring that system a lot our constitution says that national security must be a priority and it must be uh taken care of Actually, all right i'll tell you what we got to take a break doesn't say that we'll but keep, i agree it should be we'll hold you guys over more what's your name again rick unger and <laughs> john Lip-tard. jonathan gillum Lip-tard. i'll stop it <laughs> whatever you want to call yourself i'm fine with brilliant Bye. still not sick of winning making america great again Sean Hannity's on the air right now.
All right, as we continue, the Sean Hannity Show, Rick Unger and Jonathan Gillum are with us. And, of course, we're discussing our top story today, and that is the left freakout to Donald Trump putting the safety and security of the American people over the inconvenience of 109 people this week. And that's it. And, you know, th- that's the overreaction. And then you got Crocodile Tears Schumer out there crying like a little baby. Uh, are you proud of that? Are you proud of the hysterical? Well, I, I got to tell you, I actually, I said to Linda that I thought that they were legit. And then somebody in your crew reminded me that he also cried when Harry uh, Reid retired. Yeah. And I went, well, he he wasn't upset with that. You know, it seems in this argument that everyone's making, well, this is going to encourage terrorism. This is a recruitment tool. Well, it's mostly your side that's saying that. No, but that doesn't explain the Cobar Towers, the embassy bombings in Kenya and Tanzania. It doesn't explain the USS Cole. It doesn't explain the first Trade Center bombing. It doesn't explain 9-11. That's a bunch of crap. No, but most of the people who I, and I think there's some sense to it, that it is a good recruiting tool because ISIS constantly tries to tell the Muslims They don't in the need world, recruiting boy, tools. They try to tell them that America is at war against Muslims. And it was actually David Petraeus who I think has made the well, then, smartest well, statement then, about it, not to mention General Allen. Wait a minute. Well, let's put it this way. If we don't put this ban in place, I'll throw this to Jonathan. We don't put the ban in place and, like our national intelligence top officials have warned, ISIS infiltrates, and then they kill Americans who then has blood on their hands, Jonathan Gillum? Exactly. And that's where I think what I think what President Trump has done is he's looking forward. He's not looking backwards. He's not looking at the feelings and the fairness of right now. He's looking forward and who's going to be responsible for further attacks. And so if he can do certain things and he has the right under law to do certain things to protect the American people, he should do those things. And I love the fact that he is doing multiple things very quickly that is ticking off the left because there's only so many people that can protest this stuff. I thought you loved it because it he's was good working. for America. He you is working for America. No, he's, 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 but he's doing it quickly. He's doing it effectively. Not only that, he's keeping his promises. There's nothing that should surprise anybody here. No, nothing. I except, agree with that. He said he would do all these things. That's right. I didn't necessarily agree with all these things, but he is doing what he said. Some of them, though, a lot more symbolic than they may appear. Some of them very real. i got to ask you guys a question, though. Do you think that this when thing this was... When become your show? I know you, you get to ask when questions. I do that. Do, do you think this thing was managed well, the the way they handled the I don't think uh, I, I, I honestly don't think there's anything Donald Trump can do getting up in the morning without pissing off your friends well, your snowflake friends. friends do you think it was man I mean I no, heard I think Stuart it was Barney Pelsa. this morning saying it was it was not handled. it's not the I, management I, I, of the, the, I don't think it was mishandled just a little bump in the road and one should little, they have included the other cabinet officers who are engaged in this, this sort is of stuff? This, this is minutia insignificant to me because what happened is it was the right thing to do and do it before people had time to react to it yeah and you're also going to see some ramifications when Trump does certain things and agency are involved where they have incompetent deputy directors that have not been filtered out, people that have been left over for eight years, and they're not prepared because they're appeasers. They're not prepared to carry out actual... Wait, General Allen, who is now the head of Homeland Security, who yeah. I think you both supported, and I there's support a whole him. host of people and, from wait, him wait, wait, down wait, wait, to wait. the people he that He was that are actually on, on an airplane watch, in a video conference where they were filling him in on this, supposedly to get his thoughts, and somebody walked right. up to I him and and said Trump just announced it. They Jonathan, I think you thought. did a really good job today. <laughs> Jonathan, you were, you were great today. You were awesome, Jonathan. And, and you and, were radiant. And Unger's snowflake <laughs> friends were, you know. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll hit the phones when we get back. 800-941-SEAN.
Listen to this show one time and you're Hannitized. Sean Hannity is back on the radio. I'm sorry that some folks may have had to wait a little while, but I think the president would much rather know that he's not placing a call to someone who was killed because of someone was led in this country to commit a terrorist act. or keep, So if you weigh the calls that we have to have, someone being temporarily inconvenienced coming into an airport, and I think when you do talk to some of those people, as I mentioned, a couple of them were interviewed and said, we understand that the president was doing this in the best interest of the country. Look, coming into this country is still a privilege. We're the greatest country on earth. And being able to come to America is a privilege, not a right. And it is our duty and it is the president's goal to make sure that everybody who comes into this country, to the best of our ability, is here because they want to enjoy this country and come in peacefully. And so he takes that obligation extremely seriously. And people experience this all the time, sometimes going in and out of TSA. We have to wait in lines, too. But we do so to make sure that we're getting on a plane to make sure that we're going to a destination, not committing a nefarious act. I think that the safety of our country, the safety of our people, is always going to be at the forefront of this president's head. And this is where he wants to go. And so, again, I I think that we've got to keep all of this into proportion. We had 109 people that were temporarily detained. They're all in, but they were temporarily detained to make sure that the safety of the other 324 million Americans was put first. I don't see how that's a big problem. Last night we were told by senior administration officials that top immigration staffers on Capitol Hill and other offices were involved in drafting drafting the executive order. Mm-hmm. That doesn't jive with the reporting that we have. We're hearing from offices that they weren't involved. So can you say which right, offices? So, what, so you're talking offices that weren't involved. But we're talking so to many offices on Capitol Hill. Who so say there's 535 offices plus territories. Well, my question for you is which I'm not under an obligation just because you called one of 535 offices to tell you which ones we talked to. As was told to you last night, there were were staff from appropriate committees and leadership offices that were involved. All right, 24 now till the top of the hour. That was Sean Spicer, White House Communications Director and uh, Spokesman, Press Secretary. 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. And, uh, you know, I think this really, he makes such a good point here. 109 people were inconvenienced for a short period of time for the safety and security of however many millions of Americans, 350 whatever million Americans. Is that really worthy of the crying and insanity that we saw all weekend long? No, it wasn't. And uh, the media is deeply corrupt. This never was a Muslim ban. Where's Indonesia? Where's... uh, Where's uh, Egypt? Where's Saudi Arabia? Where's Turkey? Where are all these Muslim countries? Because it's not a Muslim ban. It's ridiculous. Anyway, let's get to our phones as we say hi to Donnie is out in California. Apparently, California is thinking about seceding from the union, which I'm all in favor of. If California wants to split, they can go. Well, I don't want us to go. Well, you can come live with us. You'd have to move, though. <laughs> or you can come live at our bunker we're putting together. No, the, How the, are the, you? the problem living out in California, you got a 13.5% state tax. I understand that, and it really sucks, let me tell you. Oh, it's New York is 10%. Hey, it sucks here, too. I can't wait to get the hell out of here. Don't blame you, Sean. And, and Hollywood doesn't speak for us. They don't speak for us. That's just a small but powerful voice, and they don't speak for the rest of us. You know how many of these, you know how these Hollywood people live? And this is, you ever see them when they pull up with their big stretch limousines? It's so, it's disgusting. 
You know, over so. over the years, people like, for example, if I travel and I'm doing speeches and I'm, you know, they send these big stretch limousines or even bigger, what these big Humvee stretch things. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, please, I just want a car, please, just a regular car. Uh, an SUV is fine. Um, I, I would literally ask because I find it so disgustingly ostentatious. And I, I just cringe when I see these people. They don't have to worry. They've got all their armed bodyguards. They've got mm-hmm. their, their gated mansions. They've got their mm-hmm. private jets. They, they, mm-hmm. you know, for the, uh, they're not adopting these refugees. And all Donald mm-hmm. Trump is doing is listening to the best and brightest and smartest people. We have an intelligence that all say ISIS can infiltrate the refugee population. And, I, you know, I'm sorry some people are inconvenienced, but I don't want Americans killed. And I'm not willing to gamble with your life or anyone else's life. They are. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I love what Donald Trump is doing. I'm very proud of our new President Trump. I, I'm in total agreement with what he's doing. And I think it's wonderful. He's, he's, he's right out the gate, first week, he's doing wonderful things. And I think it's shocking everybody. And I love it. I'm loving every minute of it. It's like shock and awe. Promises are being kept, finally. And I love the fact that he's moving at the speed of light, not at the speed of Washington. He's moving like an executive, not like a politician. And you know what? And I'm, I, I, it's unfortunate that that the people in this country, the weepy left, are just so pathetic. They can't they can't handle all of this. Anyway, Donnie, thank you. Good call. Appreciate it. Uh, Joshua in Michigan. What's up, Joshua? How are you? Hey, what's going on, Sean? Thanks for being uh, letting me be on the show here. Yes, sir. So Friday, uh, you were making fun of the Democrats on how they were trying to see about getting back in touch or relate with the common guy here in America. Not going to happen, in my opinion. Well, I mean, listen, I'm just telling you, they're out of touch with everybody, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, I grew up in West Michigan here, and just like the media, or you know, the news channel that I watched growing up. Don't even hit my TV no more. I'm a millennial. My first time voting uh, for Trump this year, and I don't even have, I don't even want to listen to anything they have to say because uh, it's all just, they're so, they're so biased. They're so unhinged at this point. They've so lost touch with reality and what real lives of real Americans are about. What, to me, this was election was, was all about. You know what? If, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry down. about Absolutely. the inconvenience if you come from a country where terrorist training goes on, but the safety of my fellow Americans comes over is a precedent over your inconvenience. Sorry. And if you don't like the inconvenience, don't come here. It's that simple. I don't think that's that much to ask. Debbie in Huntington Beach. Good call, Joshua. What's up, Debbie? How are you? Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? Standing alone in California. I mean, there's few of us out here. I know, but, you know, if they want to secede, I'm all for it. Take the 55 electoral votes with you. Oh, my God. Well, the reason I'm calling is just to, like, tell you about uh, the Instagram pages that Madonna made hers private after she had a public account forever because she couldn't take it. All, all the negative things that people were posting on her Instagram and Ashley Judd flew off to India to get away from the heat she caused. I just think it's ridiculous, these people, you know, and, and the women, they don't speak for me. They're, they're marching about what? They don't even know what they're marching about, really. And all those women that were marching on Saturday, those are all the women that ran to go see Fifty Shades of Grey when it first came out. And they're upset over something Donald Trump said in a private conversation that should have never been publicized. 
it's ridiculous, and we're over it, and I am thank the Lord every day that Donald Trump won. I find it amazing, the level of hypocrisy. You're right. I mean, how many women went to see Fifty Shades of Grey? Uh, every single one that voted for Hillary Clinton, because trust me, I'm friends with all those people. Listen, I, I ran upon it one night as I'm flipping through. I have Showtime. I have Cinemax. I have HBO. I have every single channel you could ever have. I mean, I'm more channels, and I still can't find anything I often want to watch to be honest it's pathetic and then i order movies on demand a lot but and i'm watching this thing and i'm like okay really we're gonna we're gonna tie this girl up and then we're gonna beat her and this is like a really this is what american housewives are finding hot yeah and it is you know i'm like i work with the women i talk to the women oh have you got the book up first it was did you get the book and then it's like did you see the movie and these women went by themselves to the movie theater to see the movie on night and now they're acting all outrage about something that he said when he wasn't they, even... They weren't... It was feigned outrage. It was selective moral outrage. It was hypocrisy on display. And meanwhile, I've got to listen to Ashley Judd talk. I'm nasty like the blood on my bedsheets or Madonna. What does a tampon have to do with women's rights? I, it's so I, pathetic, and I'm so embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for my family members. I don't even know how to answer this. I, 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 it's, it's beyond the pale. And Madonna contemplating seriously thinking about blowing up the White House and Meryl Streep's yeah. hysteria. Ashton, what's, ever, what's his name that was married to Ashton Kutcher? Yeah, he was married to like somebody who was his mother's age or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Demi Moore. Yeah, they're just, it's ridiculous. Sean, you know what though? That's Hollywood. Yeah. And I knew that my mom. He needed a mommy. My mom's old school, and she kept saying every time Donald said something like, oh, my God. I said, Mom, don't worry. You wait and see. Americans are going to stand up. I mean, he could say anything at this point, and he is still going to get elected. I never thought we weren't going to win. I said it to my family's divided. I'm Mexican and Irish. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, all sides of the coin. I was told by my Mexican friend that I was a white Mexican. I mean, the stuff that these people are saying, it's like unbelievable. I accepted Obama's presidency. I didn't cry. I didn't need protection. It's ridiculous. Well, I felt like crying, but I didn't. Yeah. Uh, so thank are, you, Debbie. There are Mexicans that support Trump. There, there, are, are, there are plenty of Hispanic Americans. And you know what? The ones that went, went through the process legally, you know, he did say he's going to build the wall. The wall's going to have a door. It's, we're not trying to prevent. Listen, we're just trying to protect our own country. And protecting the uh, the people that are citizens of America is our first priority. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry you were inconvenienced. But you know what? Even as even though I know the prime minister of Israel, they still checked me when I went to Israel. I recently went to London. London, why are you here? How long are you going to be here? Why are you only here for such a short time? What are you doing? You know, who are you going to see? I don't ask all the questions you want. It's your country. It's not my country. And then if you let me in, fine. If you turn me away, that's fine, too. I'll go home. It's unbelievable. Anyway, see, Debbie, you got me all worked up. Thank you for a great call. 800-941-SEAN, a toll-free telephone number. Lisa is in Utah. Lisa, how are you? Hey, Mr. Hannity, I'm good. It's such a great thing to be able to talk with you. Thank you. Hey, you've been pointing out that journalism in America is dead, and I think it is way, way worse than that. If they were dead, they'd be quiet. Well, they're like zombies. No, the media is. Did you watch the hysteria this week? Listen, everything now. I I can't watch it anymore. CNN has gone so hard left. NBC is so hard left. It's impossible to watch it. You know, I I was I was watching uh, different morning shows this morning and I literally raced back to Fox and Friends. I was just flipping around, seeing what other people were talking about. 
And they're so ignorant and so – I was watching one morning show, and they're talking about, oh, this is going to energize the, the, and the recruitment efforts of ISIS. And I'm like, hello? Radical Islamists have been dedicated – remember the 9-11 Commission report? They were at war with us. We weren't at war with them. Cobar Towers, embassy bombings, Kenya, Tanzania, the first trade center bombing, the USS Cole, 9-11. And I've got the list that I mentioned earlier today, all the attacks, Allahu Akbar attacks here and in Europe. It's happening – it happened this weekend for crying out loud in Quebec. I'm like, what, what part of protecting the American people? All these people – and this is what bothers me the most – they're all protected, Lisa. They all have their armed guards, trust me. They all have their gated communities. They don't have to stand online with the rest of us when I'm traveling British Airways to to London. They've got their own planes for that. So I just don't want to hear from these people. They're out of touch. Right. And what, what really creeps me out is they get these talking points, these phrases that they repeat over and over like mantras. You know, instead of the walking dead, they're the talking dead. And it's, you know, like that scene out of The Mummy where he's, like the mob is chanting, Imhotep. They're all saying, Muslim ban. Lisa, Lisa, I hate to say it. That's the same group of people that were chanting, Obama. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Obama. Change, change, change. I used to say they were zombies. They're, yeah, absolute... and they're eating our brains with all these. Well, they're not know, eating my brain because I, I don't buy into their BS. But they're not. Maybe they're. I hope they're not eating your brain. <laughs> Well, it feels like they're destroying the ability of American people to discern what's true, what's meaningful. They're just cluttering it up. Oh, it's propaganda. Oh, don't you're absolutely right. It's propaganda. It's misinformation. It's distortion. It's yeah, it's the outright more they lying. Yammer, the less I feel I know. Every single place that said in the media that this is a Muslim ban, every single one of them lied to you. Every time you read Muslim ban, it's fake news, and they don't care. They, their hatred of Trump, no pun intended, Trump's all. Their, their hatred of Donald Trump is they, they, they can't get enough of it. And meanwhile, what they're really hating are the people that voted for him. The people they really have contempt for are people like you and me and uh, other irredeemable deplorables that cling to our God, our guns, our Bibles, our religion, and a belief in Jesus Christ. God forbid you believe that. Oh, my gosh, you're so politically incorrect or the Judeo-Christian ethic that this country was built on. This country was built on Judeo-Christian morality, period. It's just a fact. It's not a matter of being—it doesn't mean other religions are bad, or people of other religions are bad. No one's saying that. A little inconvenience for people that come from countries that have ties to terror or terrorist training takes place in, a little inconvenience to protect the American people is not a big deal. Anyway, good call. Thank you. Uh, the biggest newsmakers, the best coverage, and the issues you care about every single day. This is the Sean Hannity Show. All right, that's all the time we have left for today. Let not your heart be troubled. Hannity, tonight at 10. You don't want to miss my opening monologue tonight. I will lay out the press, lay out the facts on the refugee issue we have Sebastian Gorka, Dr. Gorka. We have Newt Gingrich tonight. Also, uh, I'll battle it out with an imam and much more. So just set your DVR. Hannity tonight, 10 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Have a great night. We'll see you back here tomorrow. See you tonight at 10. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. 
of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.